It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. Good morning, everybody. It's another fantastic morning in London town. And the weekend has been pretty good, too. Saturday was just a superb day. Sunday, a little bit cloudy. And now we're back to blue skies again, Monday morning. Great start to the week. Popping out this morning, 8.30, for a quick coffee at Costa in Baker Street. I saw an unusual sight. Two very middle-aged, very paunchy businessmen, complete with briefcases, having a street fight. Don't often see that kind of thing. In fact, you don't often see street fights in Baker Street. But two middle-aged businessmen, very paunchy, very much out of shape, hurling insults at each other, pushing each other, not really swinging at each other, but just, you know, ritual fighting, really like two stags butting up against each other. It was a sight. It was something to see. I felt like selling tickets, really, but <laughs> that's just the agent in me. Here's Donna with all the news you need to start the week. Thanks, Peter. Since we're approaching America's independence celebration, I thought we might start with a story about when America lost hope. Buffalo News covered a new book called The Last Campaign, Robert F. Kennedy and 82 Days That Inspired America. The author, Thurston Clark, says America gave up on hope almost exactly 40 years ago, the day Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. He believes Americans stopped believing integrity and decency could be restored that day. Maybe he's right. My generation grew up thinking assassinations were normal. Our first memory of a public event is likely to be JFK's funeral, and then there was Martin Luther King, and then Bobby. Young people were really inspired when Bobby ran. Seeing stories about Bobby's campaign and watching the movie Bobby recently give me chills because the same things they say about Bobby are what many are saying now about one of our candidates. I don't know. Is it possible for a people to get their collective hope back? Or is believing in decency and integrity a fool's dream? Can it even exist today? Oh, that's one of the defining issues of our times, really. A huge issue to start the week with. Um, One or two random thoughts quickly. I think Eisenhower was absolutely right when he warned all those years ago about the growth of the military-industrial complex. And I think we're living with the fruits of his prophecy today. Um, I'm currently reading a fascinating book, and and rereading it actually is so good, It's called Thomas Paine, His Life, His Time, and the Birth of Modern Nations by Craig Nelson. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough, actually, especially for Europeans, um, particularly for for Brits. Big generalisation coming up. I suspect that most Brits have no idea who Thomas Paine was and what his real significance was. And I also suspect that most Brits have no conception uh, of what the American Revolution was really all about. So maybe that's the first thing to do, just to get educated about some of these very basic matters. Although, of course, and I can't resist this, if you listen to the late lamented George Carlin, it's all a waste of time anyway. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here, like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? 
Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Talk about cynicism. Ah, there's the gadfly George Carlin, well worth digging out his uh, DVDs. If you can, actually, in the UK, they're surprisingly hard to find. What else is news, Donna? Speaking of decency and integrity in Washington, Las Vegas Review-Journal reports that a literary agent to the political stars may be one of the most powerful men in D.C. So I looked him up. Robert Barnett is a corporate lawyer who brokers literary deals for Washington's politicians and journalists for about one-tenth the fee of a New York literary agent. He takes on clients who don't need an introduction, like Bill Clinton, Lynn Cheney, Ari Fleischer, Tim Russert, Bob Woodward, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton. If he's really a lawyer and not a literary agent, if he gets, say, $30,000 on a $2 million book deal, maybe he's getting something else out of the arrangement. But what? Is he just a political junkie who likes to be around politics? Or do all these contacts help his law practice? Does anyone else find something disturbing about this story? Do politicians and journalists feel beholden to the guy who saved them a quarter million dollars or more in fees? Yeah, I've never liked the way this character operates. As you say, he's uh, represented uh, politicians of all kinds of uh, different political persuasions. And in many ways now, I guess he's the go-to guy in in Washington if you're a politician you want to do your autobiography. Um, I don't uh, offer a cut-priced legal practice as a little sideline to my agency business, and I rather object to uh, lawyers who uh, impinge on, on my business by offering to do it cheap. But, you know, you've got to recognize, actually, that uh, some authors really only do need a contractual service. In other words, just, you know, look at the contract. Is that okay? Fine. Done and dusted. Continuing the subject of filthy lucre, Amy Winehouse reportedly turned down a multi-million dollar deal to write her life story. The Daily Stab reports that Ms. Winehouse felt she was too young to write her life story. I say good for her. 24 is too young to have much of a story to tell. I'd prefer she concentrate on getting her life together so she can give us a happy ending when she finally does tell her story. It seems like free speech issues have been in the news way too much lately. CNN reports a teacher was suspended for a year and a half without pay for teaching the Freedom Writers book, even though the parents signed permission slips to allow it. As the 4th of July approaches, I have to say that our forefathers fought for our right to say and read words, all of them. We need to keep fighting those who would make words illegal. That's all for today, Peter. Links to these stories and more can be found on The Right Report. I hope our listeners have a great writing Monday. Thank you very much, Donna. I don't happen to disagree with a single word you said, but if I did, I would still defend to the death your right to say it. (laughs) Who said that as a quiz for our our listeners this week? Uh, We had a terrific Litopia After Dark last Friday. I hope uh, you already subscribed to it on iTunes. If you don't, it's dead easy. Just go to the iTunes store and search for Litopia and press the subscribe button. It was all about big publishing. Does it have a future? I'd like to wish you a very happy and productive week, and we'll catch up with you again tomorrow. Catch Litopia Daily five days a week from www.litopia.com.